Invite Radio, your number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. It's Wednesday night. Once again, it's time for a street fight. We're here every single week. You can see us on the live stream if you head to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. We're Street Fight WCRS on all those platforms, except for Twitch, where our name is Street Fight Radio. Find us, subscribe, tune in. We're gonna try to do. We're gonna do some bonus live stuff. Hopefully, when we go on tour uh, next week. So like us and subscribe on all those channels. It really does help us out with spreading this mess across the U.S. Uh, my name is Brett. My co-host is Brian. We've been doing this show for a long time, almost eight years now. And it began with Brian and I sitting next to each other with a couple of microphones stacked on top of shoeboxes, yelling into them. And it's blossomed into this gigantic, uh, gigantic network of mutual aid and camaraderie that has really surprised me and become something beyond whatever I could expect it to be. Thank you for being here. If it's your first time, uh, get ready to settle in because you're listening to the best podcast on the left of your radio dial, right? Yeah. We're on the le- yeah, we would be to the left, actually. It won't go to the right. I like it. I like it. You can find us on WCRS here in Columbus, Ohio. We are going to be taking your calls every Sunday night, but not this Sunday. When we're in town, when we're here in Columbus, Ohio, we are taking calls. We do a, a call-in show every Sunday, 9 to midnight. You can hear that by subscribing on the podcast. That's how most people are listening. But this Sunday, we'll, we, we will be performing live in Washington, D.C. We're doing two shows, an early show that is sold out and a late show that's almost there. You can see us in Washington, D.C. at The Big Hunt. We're going to be performing with the District Sentinel Radio and the Trillbillies. We also have a very special guest that's going to be there, someone that's called into the show before from the area. Um, we're making history, right? Yeah, we got a lot of special guests coming to these shows. This tour is is guest laden. Yeah, we have word. Yeah, we have a lot coming up. So um, if you don't know, you can find out now. Uh, July twenty eighth, this Sunday, we're going to be in Washington D.C. Tuesday, July thirtieth, we're going to be in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Those tickets are going quick. That's going to sell out. That's going to be a lot of people in the room. It's going to be magical. I'm really excited to go to Chapel Hill, just the way that the tickets have sold. Um, On August 1st, we're going to Jacksonville, Florida, somewhere that I didn't think we were going to end up until April when WrestleMania happens. But we're coming to Florida, Jacksonville. Come see us. We're going to be in uh, Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday night, August 3rd. That's the DSA convention Saturday night. We're going to be there also Sunday, August 4th. We have a special guest for August 3rd. We also have Tanya from the Trillbillies and another special guest on Sunday, August 4th. And then finally, we're rounding out the tour in Nashville, Tennessee on Monday, August 5th. You can find all of this by going to streetfightradio.com. On the very, like if you ever go to streetfightradio.com, the left hand side is always going to be the newest show. If you're on mobile, it'll be the first thing that you see when you're scrolling down. Beneath that, or to the right, is going to be all of the news about the current tour and where to find tickets and everything. So if you head to streetfightradio.com, there is a post on the right-hand side that says, Street Fight Radio, District Sentinel, Trillbilly Workers Party. We are the hellfire congregation of radical egalitarianism. We're coming to your town. It's going to be a good fucking time. 
We've got discount tickets available for those of you that can't afford the full price, but you got to be there. I can't see any reason why you wouldn't be there. And especially Nashville, Tennessee, we're going to have a full podcast with us on stage. Yeah. Homegrown heroes. Homegrown heroes from Nashville. We're going to have that. One of my buddies is going to be probably around one of the Atlanta shows. Okay. Just somebody who's a good buddy of mine. That Someone that you've done several volumes of shows with. Somebody who I might do shows with sometimes. Somebody who uh, is, you know, one of my best buddies in the world that might have just launched a podcast. He's going to be hanging around out there. I don't know if he's coming on stage or anything, but you might get to hang out with me and him. It could happen. So, uh that's it's going to be a tour. good store. Yeah, it's going to be a tour. You can find all of it on Facebook. You can find all of it on Patreon. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash Street Fight Radio, there's posts in there that has all the links. Um, the way that it, we do it, it's like 20 or $25 to get in. Um, if you can't afford that, you can pay for a discount ticket, which is half price, 10 to twelve fifty. And then if you want to pitch in for somebody else when you're buying a ticket for yourself, or if you're not buying a ticket at all, you just purchase a comrade ticket. They're ten or twelve fifty. That covers the other half for someone that pays for a discount ticket. That way, everything is square at the end of the day. Um, if we have any more comrade money left over, that's going to be donated to some sort of immigration resources charity. Um, I'll figure it out which one it's going to be. Yeah. But you can get into the show for ten or twelve dollars. You know, if if you know, I mean, twenty five bucks. For me, when I was 23 years old and I wanted to take a, you know, a date with me, that's $50. And that's a lot to ask. So we wanted to figure out something uh, to work around that. And so those options are available as well. Yeah. So we're here. Yeah. We're, we're not on the road yet. No. We, are, we are gearing this up. This is the last show before we, hit, we head out there and we, we do our thing. So... Follow along on social media too. I I'm, I stay pretty heavy on Instagram, and I, I hope to do some live streams and give you some behind the scenes uh, peeks at what we're doing on tour. So follow us, Street Fight WCRS on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, man. We were talking before we recorded the uh, Undercover Boss show. Uh, I switched my medicine, and uh, I feel sort of like a uh, zombie a little bit. I'm, I don't want to scare people away from doing stuff. I'm just, I feel like I'm on the edge of tired all the time. So I'm, I'm trying to get into therapy. I'm trying to get one of these therapists everybody's raving about. Sure. Oof, I love it. That's some hard work. That is hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the thing about getting them is that you can't really just call on the phone. It's unfortunate that you can't just like sign up to go do therapy. You're going to have to go to your regular doctor, you know, like I did. You're going to have to have them say, have you looked into Facebook groups, right? You're going to have to have a nurse say, hey, Brett, you're here for a reason because science didn't hang the stars and the sun in the sky, right? You have to go through that and then they will let you talk to like somebody that will actually just listen to you, your problems and try to help you with them. Yeah, so I'm I'm working on that. I'm working on trying to get that to happen. I'm trying to. I um. So you're, but are you anxious? Um. Currently, at the moment, yes, a little bit, but not right usually. Now, when I ask the question, all of a sudden you're anxious. I'm slightly nauseous for some reason. Okay. I'm actually keep thinking I might have to get up and go throw up. Oh, stop! Stop! But uh, but um, Please I don't. 
I'm not going to throw up. I don't think. I just, I feel hot, you know, the whole thing. No, I haven't been as anxious lately. I haven't been having, uh, but now you're just depressed. My panics, but boy, once then I got left without that, that constant survival fight or flight fear. I really realize how depressed of a person I am. Like mm-hmm. I am the, I am like yeah. not the life of the party, I guess is what I would say. Well, nobody can be all the time. <laughs> um, but you do have a lot of time on your hands. If you're not constantly having like a, a panic, if you're not constantly having like something to freak out about to occupy your time, um, yeah, it can become pretty miserable to think like, Jesus, I'm just going to wake up tomorrow. It's going to be this, it's going to be the same thing. Like, it's yeah. just going to be this over and over again. Like every single time it's not going to turn out any other way. I've kind of boiled it down to a couple things recently. And it's something I've, I've wanted to talk about for a while and, uh, couldn't, I, I don't know why, why I didn't think anybody would, would care. But like, there's this, the first thing that I have is uh it's guilt there's i have a ton of guilt right like i'm racked with it i can't get rid of it nothing will make it go away when i'm alone with my thoughts i beat myself up about certain things and one one of the things is gratitude i don't have it like i'm not a person i i feel you're as not though thankful i feel as though i'm the type of per I, my life and the the life that I get to live is one that I should have a lot of gratitude for, right? Sure. Like I should look at the world and be like, oh, you know, I'm so lucky, you know, I'm this thankful. is great. I'm so, I'm so thankful for this. But like I never feel good and I never feel thankful. You feel like you anything. cheated. You feel like you yeah. cheated that you're like uh, you're somebody that like wasn't good at work. No. decided not to work and now makes more money than people that do actual work yeah 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 and i just even i, I mean i feel, i know i know the feeling very well i mean yeah talk, talk to me last year i know it well and you sit around and think like i should be grateful even that i like i feel like i should be grateful even when i did work and i had a home and like i was i wasn't i wasn't homeless i was paying kind of paying my bills i was i've always been pretty comfortable yeah. And uh, I, I don't, I didn't ever even have gratitude then. And I, I keep meeting these career milestones and I keep hitting these things that are like really neat that, that like I never thought could possibly happen. And I feel good for 15 minutes. And then once it's over, I don't, I don't feel good anymore. I still, I just still feel bad. I, I yeah. feel like I don't, I'm nothing. And, uh, I don't, I don't know how to get past it. I, I cannot figure it out. The other thing that I have is like just a, 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 my past kind of makes me sad. Like I get very angry about who I was in the past before. Well, that's, that's your evidence. Yeah. That's your evidence that you're a bad person. That yeah. You don't deserve any of this. You have lots of evidence that you can use against yourself. Yeah. And I, I like have this weird debt. In my mind, like, right. Like I, I spend a lot of time thinking like I have a debt that I'm supposed to repay, but it's a debt that I will never have enough kind of energy yeah. or anything like that to actually repay the debt. Right. Well, I mean, you, cause your natural instinct is going to move you towards misery. Like, yeah. That's where you're, you're like wired to go. That's where you're comfortable staying at. So 
Yeah, I mean, you're going to find a different milestone. It's great when you have a goalpost because you can move at other places. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you 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 know, um, in a way, you just got to stop being so smart about stuff. You got to stop thinking about it too much. It's just it's hindering. It's slowing you down. You know, it's like you're moving along a road. The discovery, the wonder, the paying back, like all of that is coming. Like all of that's in the future. And it's not going to happen through like stopping and like flogging yourself and beating yourself up. Like there's nothing that comes from that. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I, I think you're right about that. And, and I, I know that I shouldn't be a guy that, but it's just, you know, you're all of a sudden it's six weeks and you're like, wait a second, I've woken up every single day since May now. And told myself that I'm a bad person yeah. and then spent the whole day running through the same laundry list of things of why I'm not like decent or like why I don't deserve this or whatever it is. And, you know, um, you know, that just to me is it's not, you know, the problem I think that we have is we think that our our thoughts are worthwhile and they're not <laughs> just because you have them doesn't make them true. Like yeah. you can definitely look at your, it's, it's, it's valuable and it will get you very far in this world to be self-aware and to say, these are the things that are bad about me. But your mind, if you don't put it in the direction of like fixing that or finding a solution or something that works for you, it's just going to keep working on that process of like beating you up over and over again, you know? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you have to find something you know, you have to you have to stop worrying about like the results that you get and you have to focus on, you know, just accepting where you're at right now and really enjoying it and being, you know, you, you don't have to like prove to anybody else that you're grateful. You just have to stop thinking about why you, you have to stop thinking about why you're unworthy of all that. You have to get rid of that and start just accepting where you are, you know? Yeah. And accepting the moment, you know, when you're having those wonderful moments with your family and enjoying and things and having these, these things that you never got when you were younger and that, you know, weren't guaranteed. I mean, I have the same, I have the same issues. I wrote about it on that high five Friday a little bit where, uh, I don't, you know, as somebody that came from the dirt, and felt like for me, I was just going to get a paycheck every two weeks and try to make it work through every scam and uh, scheme that I could do. It is hard for me to think that I can just spend money so freely when I know how important it is to other people because I was there. You know, I really do understand how how much a dollar costs to people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and I, I, like I said, I, like I am in a world now or not in a world. I I. I want everybody to know that I like, I, I feel lucky and I love what I do. And like, I love working with Brett and I love working with Jason and, and like me, Brett's friendship is like probably the most important thing that's happened to me in my like adult life. Like uh, other than my wife, I, you know, I, I am, I'm like so grateful to 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 be friends and and I love this show and I love like this thing we've built together but I also spend a lot of time like thinking uh uh about like I'm uh, what am are we aren't doing an altruistic thing I yeah. guess is the way I think about sure. it and I and I think about I think about this idea of uh activism and I think about this idea of of uh of 
hanging back some of the bad things I've done and like trying to be a better person and trying to, to kind of, uh, I, I posted in a Facebook group about it today, but, but, uh, it, uh here's an example that if, if it helped, like, well, actually I didn't have to give a specific example. I was kind of a bully when I was a kid, you know what I mean? And I think a lot about, uh, I think a lot about doing the right thing when it counts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I don't, I think a lot about like, you had an opportunity to do the right thing and a good person, when they have the opportunity to do the right thing, they do it and they do it when it counts. And when it counted, I didn't fucking do it. Yeah. I was the other person. I made the bad decision. I made the mean decision and, and I was bad about that and and so like i start thinking like okay how can i i sort of like repay this karmic debt so i don't feel like a problem so i don't feel i don't feel like i don't feel like i'm the bad person that made the bad decision in the in the moment like how can i how can i make the right decision now and like uh you know you just start talking to people and like talk to people in my life and they're like oh well you know what you and Brett do has really helped me it helped me get through work or my wife will say like you're really you know you guys give a lot of money away and you guys do this and then and, and you you hired your friends and your family and shit like that and and like all this stuff the the point is i make money doing this i have fun i go out and party for 2 weeks at a time with my friends and have like the world's greatest time. Like, I don't feel like I'm paying anything back. So like in the end, when I wake up every morning, I, I, I know I do something that people think, uh, is good. I still feel like a very bad person. You know what I mean? And I can't get past this idea that I did all of the wrong things in the times when it counted. Yep. Does well, that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me blow you up right then, right here then, and say that valid point. You proved it, right? You laid it all out. Yeah. You're, you're the worst person in the world. You've done bad things before, <laughs> and you owe in debt. Yes. You ha you've, you're stuck on that, though. You've put a period at the end of that. You've said, basically, I sat around, and while, while oppression happened, it did nothing, period. And now I'm going to do nothing and sit around and be sad about it. But, but, you, but ha you have to, you have to make a bridge. You have to say, I was horrible or I didn't do these things or I owe a debt and comma, I'm going to do something about it. you like, you need to find something that you can do because like the amount of time that you spend beating yourself up, you could be organizing something. You could be raising funds. You could be doing anything else besides beating yourself yeah. up. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, I agree. And I, I, I often think about, I, I just, I think about like, oh God, you know, like I hate to bring shit, like really super sincere, serious shit up on the show and stuff like that. But like, I wasn't like an LGBTQ ally when I was in high school, but you have, to, or even close. You got to forgive yourself, dude. I right. mean, you, but like, but it counted a, then. That was the thing. It's, it's, it wasn't. It it like was fash it uh it, it wasn't it, the cool thing to do and I did the uh, I did the wrong thing because right. it was the the thing that people did at the time does right. that make sense and then I think about them like well am I like really a good person because like 
Now well, is did, the easy time right. to be an ally. And this is, you know and, what I'm saying? And this is like the selfish-ass thing about these pity parties, though, is you feel like you're the only person that committed that sin. But you have to remember that there was five or six other fucking guys around there when you were slinging slurs and saying all of your shit. And you steered out of it. And there's a lot of other people that steered out of it. And there's a lot of people that don't want to listen to somebody talk that didn't move or doesn't know the the trappings of that life. Like you have to just forgive yourself because like you've spent the time, you've went to school, you know what it's like in those rural exurbs and what it's like to be a part of communities or try to fit in with social the socials mores and shit. Like though it, it is a part of the life. That's what we that's what the fucking that's part that's baked into what I'm fucking doing here was just that I was allowed into these racist circles where I thrived really well because I'm good at being mean and ugly and gross. And then it's like, yeah. wow, I think that was wrong. That, that was actually bad. That's not helpful. And the stuff that go, the stuff that's going on in secret is actually destroying the, the outs, out, yeah. outside world. You know, it's like you have, but you have to forgive yourself. I, I did that because I had no proper training. Yeah. I, I did that, you know, like, if if our kids do it, that's a real problem. They should feel like shit, and yeah. they should fucking you know. But we were stewed in it. It was it was our upbringing, and it's part of who we are. I mean, you know, you got to forgive yourself. You got you know part of it is you got you know you got to stop this. You got to be self aware, but you got to stop getting stuck on the like beat myself up part because it feels good. And it doesn't cause anybody else any problems, right? It's not beating your wife up. It's not beating your kid up emotionally, verbally, whatever it is. It's just you. So it, it feels harmless. But you have to remember that at the end of the day, we are exactly like our children. Mm -hmm. Like I am programmed to be the same 10-year-old that I was. And I have all the same bad habits and vices. And I go, I want to reach for all of the easy, quick fixes, whether it's beating myself up or getting angry or whatever it is, but you have to remember that like you're piloting this ship and you need to treat yourself like you are a six-year-old child and you do not talk to yourself any other way. That yeah. is really the only way to treat yourself internally, I feel. It's just to say yeah. like, guy, you don't want to work out. You don't want to eat your oatmeal. You're going to fucking regret it because we always regret it when we don't do that. So then I make myself do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, it's, and it really is like a lot of time I've spent. I, I mean, I, I think I'm on like year like three or four of just even just wondering if I'm even that like, am I still that per like I was that person. That person sure. was me. And that person yeah. is part of way, what made me. And that's it, it bad. Form, that's the ugly part of my existence. There's no there, there there's no um there's no judgment at all. There's there's nobody yeah. that can hold you accountable for that. There's no final like uh, uh, tallying of who did what or anything like that. It's only about who you are right now. It's only about how you'll react the next time you hear racism. Yeah. The next time you hear homophobia. It's that's the only thing that ever matters. Yeah. Is how you react the next time. You know. Well, hopefully I'm right this time. Sure. I, I think I've been right a few times now. But uh, let's uh let's get to some stories, huh? <laughs> sure. Yeah, Oof, I'm sorry. Story. I had that burp building up, and it was feeling real bad. And I, I couldn't like, look mm. at the chat. I was getting too zoned in. Oh, really? I feel like I was like riding a bull right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been a weird couple weeks for me because I, it like happens. I said, the I mean, anxiety goes away. I, I had sort of like most of my anxiety is under control, and most of my anxiety feels like it's gone. But what it left me with 
was this thing where it was like my brain started figuring out reasons that I'm not good, that I'm bad, and I'm not worthy of what I had. And that, I mean, that was similar to what led me to therapy last year was that you hit this point when you make enough money where I was spending the majority of my time saying to Erica, like, we need to make $500. And she's like, oh, no, what do we do? And then I'm like, oh, I made the $500. She's like, you're the best, Brett. Like, that was really <laughs> what I spent a lot of my extracurricular time on, right? Yeah, but yeah, But once yeah. we had the $500, then it was, like, extra time to just say, like, you know, well, you're not even struggling now. It seems like everybody else is struggling and you're doing pretty well. Like, uh, you really – you're not any better than any of those people. You came from the absolute worst. You came from the dirt. And – uh and other people are, are suffering and you should too, you know? And yeah. You, and you have a just, you have that extra time to think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. That's true. So uh, the first story I wanted to get into this week was about DoorDash, which. Um, oh, yes. I, I love I, those jeans. That's Jordash. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. DoorDash, DoorDash jeans. DoorDash jeans would be tight. Yeah. If yeah. they did it as like ironic, like an Instagram thing, like DoorDash jeans. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. get some. DoorDash offers a guaranteed minimum for each job. Oh, I had something for that. Um, have you heard of this? Do, do you know how DoorDash? I'm, I need somebody intelligent or somebody that reads to explain to me how this works. I, I, I read this paragraph earlier in the week, and, and, and I'm just going to read it to you. DoorDash offers a guaranteed minimum for each job. For my first order, the guarantee was $6.85, and the customer, a woman in Borum Hill who answered the door in a colorful bathrobe, tipped $3 via the app, but I still received only $6.85. Right. Here's how so, it works. So what they're doing is they're guaranteeing a minimum from of $6.85 per order, and if someone should tip... That just goes into the six eighty five. If someone tips seven, I think they, I think they do. I don't know if they give them that, but like, so you get six eighty five per hour. Uh, if someone tips three dollars, DoorDash takes three dollars and they put three eighty five to you instead of paying you a full six eighty five. Oh. So like, for someone that tips a bagel, for someone that goes a zero on the tip. DoorDash is giving you six eighty five. Yes, but if someone gives four bucks, DoorDash is giving two eighty five. So you're tipping DoorDash in the end. I mean, you are. You know, you're making up. They're taking advantage of guaranteed minimum wage laws, which when I had sales jobs, they would do, which was like, we want you to make three sales a day. If you don't, you will be paid seven fifty an hour as a guarantee. But if you do that for more than two weeks, we'll fucking fire you. Yeah. So there's guaranteed. There's a guaranteed minimum, and they're just saying we will at least provide the guaranteed minimum. Right. And and Mike Isaac on Twitter was posting about this and said DoorDash's CEO Tony Zhu is the biggest proponent of this tipping policy and aggressively defends the math behind it. Last time people got mad at the comp at this, the company closed off a public appearance so the to the press so they wouldn't get questions on it. The strategy being to wait it out. So basically what DoorDash is doing is they now th this has become public knowledge. Well, this has become knowledge because in the past they, you could run a company like McDonald's and you could rip your employees off like this and uh, their most of their customers wouldn't know. Right. But most of and, DoorDash and the consumers were informed either. Yeah. But most of DoorDash's customers do follow the news about DoorDash. They're not like 
using DoorDash and not knowing. You got to download an app and get all in there and they know about this. Well, the other thing that I also saw was when this popped off three months ago, someone had claimed in the app they had written 100% of the tips go to the driver, which is true. But they are not in addition to what DoorDash is paying, right? Like if yeah. you pay $6 of a tip, 100% of that is going to the to the driver, but that's only because DoorDash is paying 85 cents for the order. Like it's, okay. it, instead of someone making 12.85, like you would expect DoorDash to have a minimum built in of 6.85. So mm -hmm. when they prom when when they changed it months ago and and put it in the app and told people, "No, all of your money is going to the driver." When you when you say $3 for a tip, we give that all to the driver. They but they do. don't say we also take $3 out and put it in our pocket. <laughs> yes. Right? We also yeah. that means we're taking $3 for us, too. Yeah. But but they it's they are not lying when they say 100% of your tip goes to the driver. Is that the way with Lyft too? Do do you know is this are all these companies running on this uh, I don't I don't think all of them are. I don't know how many are like that. I really don't know. I haven't done any sort of deep dive. I believe that Lyft and Uber were supposedly giving everybody the tips. Yeah. I mean, that's not really only fair and I think when when it just the even the pay just became so low because it was like waitresses where it's like we'll give them two dollars an hour they'll make enough on tips you know right and a tip is your nobody gives a tip thinking any of it's going to the company nobody no not a single person is out there tip. when you go to starbucks you get your drink it's you common. drop a dollar in there and they're like oh i hope uh fucking howard schultz gets a cut of this too well yeah you know it says tip jar but i want the owner to to figure out the best way to do it because y'all you will just all spend it on drugs and alcohol yeah he innovated this thing so i would also like to tip him for his innovation skills and the the employee like that's the that's kind of the insidious thing about it is by even calling it a tip it's not a tip they shouldn't ah. this is one of those well, things where like they make so many laws okay, and they I, make so many rules about how you can refer to things in this world just everything yeah. but they don't for some reason there's not a rule or a law on how what a tip is a, yeah. a tip should this is have like, be a defined thing? They went to court for like what is a uh, like a the the a chocolate chip cookie, <laughs> you know, like the softness or crunchiness. Like what defines a chocolate chip cookie? Yeah, what's what cheese? What what's defines cheese product? What's mayo? Like you know, like the the vegan mayo place. They weren't allowed to say just mayo, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. So I have a I have an exclusive uh, Eli. You know, we love him. I gave him shit. When um, when Drew Toothpaste was on here, I talked a little bit shit about Eli's, but God damn it, Eli. they sent well, they sent me this. They are a driver for DoorDash. Okay, and they got an internal email. So this is the internal email that DoorDash sent today in response to all of the news oh, media. Oh, would been love to read yeah. this email. Yes, yes. After a lot of consideration, I announced last night that we will be changing the Dasher Pay model. I want to email you directly to say why I made this decision and to ensure you know what to expect in the days ahead. Okay, can I stop you real quick? Yeah. This is an email he did not want to send. No. I mean, this is forced. <laughs> this is because 
there's a hashtag going around, right? And it 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 worries me what he chose to do. I I, I want to guess: is there any of him yelling about the outrage of the people? No, okay. no, no, okay, no. Let's hear it. No, this is straight. This is c- completely corporate jargon. Jargon. But I just want people to. I want people to get like the real story of what drivers are being told. In 2017, we built a pay model to prioritize transparency and consistent earnings. Did you? We thought we were doing the right thing by boosting a dasher's earning when a customer left a small tip or no tip at all. So what they're saying is that, oh, I'm sorry. We were guaranteeing 685. <laughs> all we had to give you was two dollars when someone gave you a two dollar tip. We were giving you 485. Now all of a sudden you find some out someone's giving you 10 and we're keeping 685. See, I knew they they do that. That's, every, that's what that is. Every time they do something like this, every time they get and every time a corporation gets caught in the act. They always do what I did when I was a kid, when I would get in trouble with my parents, uh, with like, uh, I, you know, you're, you're, you fucking are like, uh, well, let's just say like, you, you, I smack my little brother and they're like, uh, why'd you smack? What, what, what the hell did you smack Craig for? And it'd be like, well, he was doing something bad. You was going to smack him anyway. So yeah. I just thought I would do it. I wanted to stop him. <laughs> yeah, I was trying tracks. to stop him. I was trying to stop him from doing bad shit. They don't ever learn. It's like puppies, you know, <laughs> if you just find poop and then you rub their nose in it, they're never going to learn. You got to find them in the act and really show them. <laughs> well, th- but they do that. They make, they make their, they make it feel like, oh, you fucking people started looking into how we pay and now you ruined it. And you yeah, messed the whole goddamn thing up. The secret was we were giving you so much. <laughs> That's the secret. They are. These people were giving you $4. We were giving you two eighty five extra. <laughs> These fucking social justice warriors yep. went on the fucking internet and they, they ruined your pay. They're fucking now what? Oh, look at your checks now, motherfucker. Okay. This is great. I mean. I, you know, I don't, there's just something about this. Whoever crafted this does deserve like a golden toilet. Like this is just the best. Uh, it, it's just such good, like dodging the issue. So here we go. This opening line. I love it. While we continue to hear from dashers that the model generally works for you. Um, yep. Everybody, yeah, everybody yeah. else is saying it's it. Nobody ever tells their, no, I right. Mean, it, it, everybody that works for me fucking loves this place. What are you <laughs> talking about? What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> to serve dashers well over the long term, we also have to serve the consumers who use our platform. Blah, wah, wah. They're these mad at the consumers? Stu- yeah, these stupid consumers complaining about the tips, you know. Well, I- the guarantee of 685, I, I actually think, in-, in my mind, guaranteeing them a minimum amount that they're going to make on a trip is actually like a a pretty good thing because it gives them a chance to decide whether or not they kind of want to do it or whether they're going to do it and whether it's worth their time or whatever like that. But that guarantee should be coming from the company. That guarantee shouldn't lie on anybody except for DoorDash. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, it's stupid because if I was running the business, all it should be is that, Hey, we're going to give these people six fifty for every single fucking order. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. That's the fucking deal. Every single time, we guarantee six fifty goes to you. 
we will disperse that across all of our business to pay that amount. The tips you get to keep. End of fucking story. Then you're yeah. not you're then you're not doing like fuzzy math to try to keep some of the money that people extra money that's going in there. Charge the people more to get a fucking sub sent to their fucking house. Fuck them. Make that, them pay more. Make people. It's too goddamn cheap. Uber, you know, the, the thing about Uber when it started was that people were getting paid really well off of it. And then they just had to keep racing to the bottom. You know, if it was built in and it cost the amount of money, like figure out what happens on the other side. I'm, well, people, I'm like Mark and Anarchist when it comes to that stuff where it's like make it so that everyone involved is taken care of and whatever that cost to ha- whatever the cost of that is to happen that's what the 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 consumer has to pay at the end yeah yeah oh yeah that's yeah. the pr- that's the price of everything yeah that's our shirts that's our show that's everything labor costs money right it does yeah so while we continue to hear from dashers that the model generally works for you i love this it's like oh god can you believe these people out here they don't know about us i mean they're they don't not know, dashers they don't, they don't know about our relationship they're not a dasher these motherfuckers aren't dashers you know like i hate it when dashers come in to dasher business and they start throwing around their regular stuff you so know? so what does this mean for you uh-oh it means we will soon announce a new pay model uh-oh. where any customer tip will be independent of DoorDash's contribution for that delivery. It also means that we'll need your input as we develop other details. Stay tuned for ways to continue to have your perspective heard. Our goal is to get 1% better every day and to serve our entire community, including the Dasher community, to the best of our ability. These beliefs have led us to improvements in the past and they serve as our guide for the future. With your help, we will get there. So this means this is a really good for them. They're gonna fuck them. They're gonna give them a two dollar guarantee on every delivery. Yeah, they're gonna say just we're gonna, gonna fuck give them now. They're gonna give them two dollar guarantee. Someone's gonna tip two dollars. They're gonna make four dollars on it now, and then they're gonna say, "Hey, Dashers, don't you wish we were in charge of the numbers again, and we didn't have these greedy people on Twitter talking about our business?" <laughs> yeah, <know>? these fucking <laughs> whiners. These fucking whiners ruined your business. Much, they don't know how much we want to take care of you. Yeah, how much they don't know how little we want to take care of you yeah dashers come on come man. on dashers rise up i haven't i, I never even thought of the, you know why the food delivery never happened with me i i did lift and it was around the time uber eats started the the food delivery thing never happened with me because of the smell in the car i don't want other people's food in my fucking car yeah you know like i just can't imagine what how to clean that out of the car you know yeah, one time a guy uh, delivered food to my house, and I ended up buying a fake Gucci belt off of him. Well, that's cool, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michigan Congressperson Rashida Tlaib called uh, was basically uh, she's giving a speech, and and uh, we can just play the audio, can't we? We can, can play we? audio on our show now. Let's put the headphones in, and uh, we're gonna play this audio real quick. I don't think I know what it is. I would. You have headphones. Uh, sure. Plug your headphones in, and uh, I'm gonna pause this video. We're gonna go back, and uh, you ready to go? I'm on it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna play this video, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Oh, I love this. For two dollars and thirteen cents, as, as a tipped employee, take two dollars, two dollars and thirteen cents per hour federally. Some states, of course, uh, here in Michigan, it's almost three dollars and fifty cents or so. But think about that for one minute. And people cannot live on, on those kinds True. of wages. 
and I, we can't allow people to be uh, living off of tips, relying on tips wages. It's just not, or whatever they call it, income, because it's just not enough to support our family. But I also want to always tell a story because big fights like this one, $15. By the way, when we started it, it should have been $15. Now I think it should be $20 for Rising Rising. It should be $20 an hour. It's 18 to $20 an hour shared and we that's a good video right yeah that's right she's on. giving like a rad speech this that's, was, a, that's what we talk about on the show this was shared by a conservative pack political action committee called america rising and it was shared as a negative thing caption watch rashida taleb call for a 20 dollars minimum wage that's not that negative <laughs> but uh, the the america rising is a Pack as a new generation of Republican research and rapid response. Follow us for the latest opposition research on Democrats. This was opposition research, Brett. Right. This was somebody's idea of like, we're going to fucking post this and yep. people are going to be pissed off. So crazy they're getting out there. You know? So uh, we did this last week. So I thought uh, I, I thought we could do it again. We got to look at a few responses. To somebody asking for a twenty dollar an hour, which is right on. Wage. I mean, they've been doing. They're like, we're going to give you fifteen by twenty twenty five. We promise. That's it's what like, the Democrats Jesus do, right? Primity. What do you? That's worthless. That's going to be worth nine dollars an hour by the time we get there. That's what the Democrats do, though. They give it to you too late. Yeah, they make you fight and fight and fight and fight to get the thing, and then by the time you get the thing, it's too fucking late, and yeah. you need the next thing. We should just start asking for five dollars more every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first, the first response is what made me do this bit because it's my favorite response I've ever seen on an argument against raising the minimum wage. I, I even want to look at Jason's face while I read this, boss. The government here just so he's doing like a little play in his tweet, and this is the boss talking. The government here just ordered me to raise your wages from twelve dollars an hour to twenty dollars an hour worker yippee more money for me why in a 40 hour work week i'll make boss that's the next thing i'm cutting your hours to 20 hours a week so i don't have to fire you <laughs> like that's a negative to this guy that it's like well yeah i have to work half as much and i yeah. can pay more money <laughs> i can do something worthwhile with my other time i could probably make more money with the other time. i give you you can follow your goddamn dreams. Yeah. You could be one of those crafting outlaw peoples that makes like, 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 like a uh, fucking slayer jackets for small dogs and stuff <laughs> yes, like that yes. and sells them on the weekend. Yeah. At a craft makes fair. $700 a weekend. <laughs> you can do so much stuff with your time back. Like, uh, conservatives are so fucking stupid. When it comes to this kind of thing where they are just like, oh, my, it would be a shame if I had only to work half of the time that I have to work and I didn't have that other right. half of the time. Well, I mean, the thing about it, too, is like, you know, you're you are probably spending half of your time trying to look busy. Like if this person cut your hours in half and you just made double the money, you would just go and do your job. 
in four hours and be fucking done with it. You wouldn't have to pretend you were working for another four hours of the day. Another point I'd like to make is if this person cut your hours in half and there was still work that needed to be done, they would give you your hours back in a fucking second. Overtime. <laughs> like, labor doesn't like labor doesn't disappear. Like the, the, the need for the work to get done doesn't go away right. Ever and this entitlement that they fit that these this is here's the next one. This is from Charles X Prox Proxy. This is what happens when people who have never created a job, who have never done anything productive in their lives, assume they know something about economics. Talay believes one can simply talk the jobs up and the prices down, and like that's what he thinks, right. I responded to that guy. Oh, I yeah. decided to get in in the shit, Brett. And I said, what if I said I've created four jobs that pay $20 an hour and my business is doing fine? Because I don't like owning a small business. Brett doesn't like owning a small business. Jason doesn't like working for a small business. Small businesses fucking suck. But, but if you own a small business, it's something you can lord over any conservative. Yeah. <laughs> It's good. You don't get any benefits. I don't I don't get health insurance from this job. But better than health insurance, I can look at my father-in-law and say, oh, but you see, I'm a small business owner. And uh, here's what I think about the issue. And it actually means quadruple what his opinions mean. Yeah. You as got, a small you've business. You've got the real deal. <laughs> it's like, I'm mad. This year is what we, me and you need to be asked questions about being a small business owner. This election's coming up. I have a fairly successful small business. Yeah. I do have employees who work you, for my small business. Why hasn't CNN called me yet? You want to be Brian the podcast. <laughs> I want to fucking be Joe the plumber. Yeah. That's exactly, Brian the podcast. Yeah. That they like, fucking with this young man has found a way to make a lot of money in the digital age and created a lot of jobs along the way and he he chose to do it the you know the the, the respectable way. <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to be on CNN. I want to sit in one of those fucking weird rooms where they put like a table and like a couch and two or three chairs and they set a bunch of white people down and they ask them what they think about like uh Eon Omar and 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 shit like that. Like why won't they ever ask me and you to do that shit we own a fucking business brett not we have to fair. get out there we have to start dropping our card in more chipotle lunch giveaways let's just start yelling at everybody that walks down the street i own a business a guy stopped me on the street today and he was like uh hey buddy can i tell you something and i was like what and he said fuck it this whole government is bullshit. And then he just walked away and say a word to me. He's wearing like a bucket hat and it had a tambourine on top of it. And he just walked away. No other words. Guardian from Angel, him. dude. I don't even know what it was. I don't know. He yelled something to the woman in front of me. I was like, oh God. Because when you walk around Columbus during the day, people yell at you all day. It is just a place where you get yelled at by people on the street. There's just so much yelling. This is every city. I walk around every city we tour in and people yell at me. There's a lot of people yelling in the streets. And yeah, that guy stopped me and yelled at me. And I was like, yeah, that's how we all feel, buddy. I know. I'm with you, buddy. But, um, the next thing that came up, though, when a guy did respond to me, his name was Sage Common Sense. <laughs> I love it. 
That's you a good know, name. There's That's not a good enough. hacker name. And he said, yikes on thinking every company can pay $20 to all their employees and stay in business. Daily, I'm amazed by the morons who Twitter who know on Twitter who know nothing about economics. Now, I did respond to this guy. And I did say, if you can't afford to have a living wage, pay a living wage, then you can't afford to have employees. And that sounds like simple economics. And then he disappeared. So that yeah. is usually how those people work. But yeah, it's just more people against a, a, a fair minimum wage. Well, and this is what, and this is what's frustrating about these folks too, is that a lot of the people that aren't making $20 an hour are on government assistance, which is what they're also vehemently against. You know, like we're subsidizing all the pay of the people that aren't getting paid $20 an hour, you know? Yeah. In their conservative logic way, in their logic and reason way. Yeah. It's just stupid. I I just, I feel like for the next year, we're going to have to every week, a bunch of crazy people are going to complain about minimum wage. They're Um, important. Here's the next one. Uh, We we got one more audio clip that I wanted to play. Okay. And uh, we'll play this audio clip of this this fucking guy. This guy just annoyed me. So I'm going to play the audio clip for you here. Um, Here it comes. Here it comes. Walking down the street. Thanks. This is a guy holding a phone. I think phones, I think technology has been the decline in attendance, number one. He's talking one. about why people don't go I to think, football games. you know, watching young people today live like this <laughs> instead of like that. Looking forward. You know, Stacey and I were out on a date last night, and there was two couples, two groups of couples sitting next to us, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm old. Like, not one of the f- four couples were talking to each other. They were all on their phones. And it just drove me up to, I literally wanted to be like a dad and go like, give me your phone, talk to each other. I mean, this is pathetic. So guys like this, here's why I played this video. Guys like this don't understand that when people are around them and they bring out their phone, it's because he's boring. <laughs> he's like, he's just a boring person, I yeah. guess. And when but fo- the other thing too, is that there also was a period in time before this where people just sat at the dinner miserable. And, and now just they looked at each other like this. They had no opportunity to escape the situation that they were in. And regardless of whether or not they should be in it or should make that decision, like they're, they have tied themselves to another person that they're going to live with. You know, they've decided it. Well, he's and, uh, also- now they have a fucking opportunity to like not have to listen to that person's bullshit, which is like great. Well, he's also like assuming something bad, about yeah. the people sitting next to him four people on phones on dates the, yeah. oh these four people are on a date they're on the phone it must be going bad that, well, my, you know what is actually you know what's something weird about my wife which is it's crazy because i'm always like do you see that thing on facebook today and she's like no i'm like you see that thing on instagram today she's like no i'm like why not she's like i'm at work and I'm like you don't check facebook at work she's like she doesn't check like she works yeah my wife works so, like, if I go and pick her up and we go to a place to eat, she's probably going to look at Instagram or Pinterest and want to post something. Yeah. And uh doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. really, it's not the big, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's not our best moment. We can be very cutesy and twee and you can make, like, a movie about it. Yeah. Um, But sometimes, yeah, we just put our foreheads towards each other and just relax. Yeah, you're in the same room. And get, get to you know just enjoy doing whatever we want to do and not feeling bad about it not having some sort of father come in and say we can't 
you know, play fucking Candy Crush next to each other. Yeah, let's listen to this baby talk a little more. This guy is awful. So it was really, really pathetic. And I think that's just, it's just changed the way a lot of younger people and younger fans intake is all through technology. And I mean, you watch a concert and everybody's holding the phone. Like, listen. That's not true. Watch. Take it in. Create a memory because they don't go back and watch. But the why videos. do you care how they, they enjoy the concert? Why does he care? Which is pathetic because it. it creates a society. I will look at me. It's Isn't my life great. This is, this is this is what goes. This is when you have established your values. So, beginning of the show, you you have a lack of values. This guy wants to wholeheartedly, <laughs> full-breasted take in the world, hardcore. Right? He doesn't want to look through his screen. <laughs> yeah. To people that are like recording the shit and dancing and like going off, they're loving it. They're they're doing their best thing. You you are using someone else's experience as a way to like be angry. I what know. Do, what's the problem? That's what I'm trying to figure out is this idea of like why is his way of enjoying things the only way to enjoy things? And I want to. I want to. I mean, football. You know, I um. I, as you know, Brian and I sometimes talk about like pro wrestling and death matches and like Shibata and about like people risking their life, people that are putting it all on the line, people that are getting damaged permanently, you know, and then also when it comes to football, um, I am, I'm a, I believe in warriors. I believe in people that trade their life for glory, um, that they do with their body. And I, but I don't. I think that's the wave we're on. That's not where we're going. People are moved. People are not into football. People are moving away from it. The game has changed so drastically. It's going to be flag football by the time my kid's old. Um, And I I don't think that I would say it's the phone has anything more to offer. Otherwise than, than the football is just not that big of a draw. I mean, I would lean also, and and I I would say it this way is like, I am also a person who, who whatever your passion is, I want you to do it. If football is your passion, I want you to do it. But this guy coaches a college football team where a bunch of people risk their brains, their lives and their limbs for free in the hopes to get that 1% of them are going to get to go and make money. Like there's nothing... There is no show business thing that's more exploitive than college athletics. Yeah, you know, and I, I want to go back a second. And I, but I think, and I, but I think that's I've, that's me and you come from a college football town. Oh OS, yeah, OSU runs this entire place in the fall on Saturdays. You cannot be around because every bar, every place is taken over by football fans. But social media. Wikipedia, access to information, conversation between everybody online has led to a feeling of resentment or uninterest or like not wanting to support these things. I mean, we, students we, we have, have full not. We've read critiques of all of these things at this point. Like the decline isn't because, you know, maybe pe- people are interested in their phone, but their phone is offering something more than people like injuring themselves for no reward. Right. And it, it is, it really is also saying again, like a, an educated person who goes to college and who, who knows what the sport of football does to somebody's body and how these colleges exploit these athletes. 
might not want to go sit in those fucking stands and might not be at those games just because they're not at the game. Because he's insinuating that they're not at the game because they're sitting in their dorm looking at their fucking phone. Yeah. And that's just not what's happening. College football, listen, people, not our audience isn't going to get mad, but one of the first things me and Brett ever did together the first time we podcast together, we're doing a show for like 35 of somebody else's friends, <laughs> the other two guys' friends that with that that were on the show with us. And we talked about college football being exploitive and wrong. And uh, these kids need to get paid and stuff like that. And, and like that is still the most angry I've ever made people. But I think yeah. other people. I think we're all starting to come around to this now that we know the things that happen again, pro wrestling bad, but in order to get to the point where you're making money in pro wrestling, you make money as much as you can. I'm obviously there's not a ton of money there on the way up. It is illegal yeah. to pay these guys. They sell bobbleheads of these fucking guys heads. And then they don't let give them a cut of that money. When I think about it, this is that same outrage I had for UCB. It's like, if I'm fucking selling tickets, if I'm selling jerseys, if I'm fucking selling bobbleheads, I want a fucking cut of that money. I am selling them, not you, not the business, not the college. I'm doing that. Yeah. And I also have a feeling with someone like this, when he starts talking, people just put their heads yes. down into their phone and it makes him fucking mad. I know. And I I um I think I am I will have the conversation about phone addiction and, and I feel that there there is needs to be a more open dialogue about technology and what it means in our life and things like that. Um, but at the same time, whenever I'm around something that I'm really engaged with or something that means a lot, like if I go hang out with friends and family and stuff, um, I don't get a lot of pictures for the gram. I don't really have time. I, don't I never take time out when I'm playing cribbage for like four hours straight. Uh, my kids are like having a good time all night long. Like I never take my phone out to like get a little Insta story going. Like I, I feel like the phone is way more interesting than most of the boring parts of life, which we sat through. <laughs> and which this, guy, this guy wants you to just like grab your chair and be like, suck it in. There's <laughs> nothing to do except for talk to me right now. What? You know, he just wants he just wants to force people to talk to him. I want. I, I guess he does. I want to. I, I for coach advice. I want to. I want to get into this. Like I want because he says He's something else. I hate. Oh my god. Dude. Yeah. Like re listen. Watch, take it in, create a memory. Because they don't go back and watch the videos. They just want to post it on their social media, Yeah, which is pathetic because sure. it creates a society of, look at me. Isn't my life great? Even though when they go home, they're like, I hate myself. I hate my Buddy. life. Everything's wrong. Chill so <laughs> I think it's a big cause. I think it's, I think it's Crazy. the root cause. Too much. Number one. You should do this when you're like um, smoking a cigar. You know, you know I think like the fans that grew up going and tailgating and the fans that grew up going to the stadiums four hours before the games are getting a little older and dumber. I, and I think the next conservative and, and, and younger generation of fans are more reliant on technology. They'd rather have 12 TVs set up in their, in their TV watching cave than go to a game and experience the pageantry and the tailgate. So I think it's definitely things that we, we need to look at is, He's a drama is, guy. is a brand college football on how we can maybe 
create that type of oh, you, environment. Oh, you oh, how you trying to sports well, entertain, my guy? Is that what we're getting at? Make sure oh, hey, look. The experiences if you, that are happening. But pay your players and do some sports entertainment, and me and Brad will be the first Why people standing in line. Is this the first time he's done this? Or is he was just, like, feeling it today? Well, I, I think, like, the co- football attendance – like it's yeah. still the most popular thing in the country, right? Like nobody's saying that that football isn't still the biggest possible. It's not the same thing, though. but it isn't anymore. It's 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 losing it's, it's definitely luster. not the same. And these jarhead guys, these these coaches, which coach football coaches have always been my least favorite people in in the entire yeah. world. Yeah, like I I'm, can't. I've <laughs> never gotten along with one of those. <laughs> well, they're. I, I think like they are right there with cops as like the worst Pretty type much. of person. Yep. <laughs> you know, like football coach is just not for me. And I think that they get asked to explain things because they're football coaches and and because uh oh this guy fucking, you know, he leads these fucking team out onto the field of battle for Northwestern University. He's like Patton. Yeah, and I think people really fucking buy into that shit, dude. They do. And I think they want to ask a guy like that for his opinion, and his opinion is always going to be that young people are stupid and what they're doing is wrong. Dude, you grew up. You saw like when people were going crazy over it, like when there wasn't phones and people were just like jumping from the top of the stadium and like nosediving into the fucking dirt, like going bananas, ripping the roofs off of places. Right. And you, you wanted to do that when you were a kid. And then now it's like people are like, CTE is a serious problem. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. No, no, it was my fucking no, turn. No, no, it's, it's like, like what T uh, uh, from uh, Champagne Shark said on uh, when I I did a bonus show with him, right? And 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 it was the craziest thing because he's like white dudes are brought were brought up for decades of and generations where they could like go back and they would watch tv and and like a white guy was able to see a black guy and be like hey boy you do what i want you to and he was like and this is like we're getting like this is the first like generation where you can't do that anymore and a lot of dudes fucking feel ripped off because they don't get to do it and it's this is the same scenario right where this guy is like Football. Uh, the football coach is the most important person in town. Yeah. You know, everybody loves the football coach. He gets a sub named after him. I'm paying for haircuts these days. Yeah. Shit's gone topsy-turvy. Yeah. And that's all it is. Because it's not the most fucking important thing. Yeah, and they can't deal with And, you know, I mean, I, I go with the flow. You got to do the same. Like, that's what they're not into is they want everything to be the same way it was. And it's not. The world's moving in a different direction you have to get along i mean really the thing is the, the football's impact foot here let me get let I'll, I'll just a little bit football the conservatives hate football because the right. players kneel right and the rest of us hate football because of the cte yeah and these football it's, guys are just it's gonna fade out yee, they don't know what i can't ever imagine a time where i thought it would go away football it's going to be the same size as professional wrestling right. in my fucking lifetime, right. dude. In my lifetime. <laughs> I'm blown up right now. Yeah. Football's not foot baseball. Let's let's not say pro wrestling. Football is going to be the size of baseball 
in our life. Baseball still goes, man. Baseball's like such the lowest thing. Hockey? Uh, yeah, maybe hockey. I mean, Sorry. baseball. I know is people that so people fucking that unpopular. Street fight like hockey, but they're like also punk people, so they want to do like what's unpopular. <laughs> but 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 baseball. I don't know. It's still not as important as it's it was Columbus, growing up. But like when we go to those other cities, I'm like, geez, you guys really care about baseball? Y'all love baseball. It's fucking <laughs> weird. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, like really really why <laughs> yeah you want to hear some funny i got a funny one for you here we got our presidential candidate news okay coming up it, you know brett hates it i got I'm this not from, into it i, don't I got this from the hill but i i figure I, out a way to not have a president a way to vote that's yeah. what we need to figure out is something to a way to not have a vote the best thing about street fight is in election years and years leading up to elections it's basically i find something i think is funny and then Brett is like, I, I don't want to hear about this, but also if you think it's funny, then I do want to hear about this. Yeah. It's basically that's our trust, right? Like well, we tr- you, we- I've always been that way. I mean, <laughs> I was talking music a little bit on Twitter, and they're like, people are like, oh, have you heard of this band off of this? I'm like, uh, back it up. I'm like, I'm very, very like surface level when it comes <laughs> to stuff. I just want to get the best of the best. Like you got to hit me with something good. You know, like, don't just come to me with, like, regular old, like, scuttlebutt from the political trail. No, I want to hear something good. I'm giving you the good stuff. Senator Cory Booker said Monday that while he sometimes feels like punching President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honest. Democrats could not win by fighting him on his tactics. Okay. Speaking to NBC Seth Meyers, the 2020 presidential candidate recounted a past interaction with a supporter who suggested that he take a swing at the current president. Okay. Echoing comments he made in April, Booker said, this is the thing I had to put. Booker said that while my testosterone sometimes makes me feel like punching okay, him. Okay. It wouldn't be good for the country or for the Democrats as they see to, seek to beat Trump in 2020. It sounds like an advertisement for like a pill. <laughs> that Frank, Frank Thomas shit that he sells on TV? Eugenics? Yeah, it sounds like an ass scene on TV like... <laughs> This really boosts my testosterone, but I can wrangle it in so I'm not tearing people's heads off. What an this odd... Like, it's like compassionate crushing, you know? Like, in, in think about in a presidential... Let, let's think about like a 1957... 1958 presidential election or 60... What? I don't fucking yeah, know. You, don't know. you know, because I can't figure out the four-year thing. But let's think about an election back then. Bygone era. Like, they, they would be all like... My testosterone is so high that I would crush him in a fight. I think someone was dueling. Like one of the, (laughs) some of those president's people were dueling and shit. But Cory Booker has to find a secret way to say he has a lot of testosterone. But we don't like that. I gotta say. I know. I think that like, I mean, I feel like overall Antifa has just been trying to say like, this is the literally the nuclear last option. Like we, we will not do this until you go in the streets and try to spread Nazi shit. Right. (laughs) Right. And so, but like, so he doesn't want to punch him. Which I understand. Well, referring to Trump as a physically weak specimen, Booker said a punch would be bad for the elderly, out of shape man that he is. I, sure. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's good. I like that. That's a good diss. Yeah. But I feel like I don't like how he said he wasn't going to do Trump tactics because I feel like someone has to just run in there and dust him. You're, you're not going to win. Right. You're not going to You not have to win. play his game. 
he's he has set up the fucking arena. You're gonna be little Mac from the fucking video games. You you are going to have to show up and just beat him on that. You have to be able to to talk the shit. Yeah, it is. It really is one of those odd things where it's like uh, I mean, you have to be able to. Bernie cuts through. He, he does. He does, does a good job. He'll fight back. Laser He'll say focus. Shit back. It's no. this. Po- what happened is it's, it's so cliche to bring this up again, but we're moving into this time, and and it, and it's time for the Democrats and for people to start thinking about how they want to approach this thing, and and. It is this thing where, like, Trump didn't play by any rules. He was – I always think – This is I bring they fucking to, screw themselves. I bring it to the Republican debates. This is what I, I always think about the Republican debates. We all watch those, right? And we saw all these guys who trained their whole fucking life to be president. They were in debate club. They learned the rules of debate. They learned the rules of politics. They ran it over and over. They, they hired people that got paid a quarter million dollars a year to train them. Yeah. And and they, they, they knew all the right ways to do politics. And then this guy came in and said, y'all got little dicks. And then fucking he won and he became the president. You know yeah. what I mean? And like the Democrats... They, they're, I feel they're losers like, forever. I mean, and they're th- he's he's a perfect Democrat because he's he knows how to lose, right? And they're his tact. The tactic. I, I would never fight this man. I would never fight this guy that's fighting everybody else. Is <laughs> fighting against people that don't deserve to be fought against. I wouldn't fight that guy. Yeah, because like if we put it in like a bar setting, let's say we're all hanging out in the saloon, right? And and. All of us are there. We're all candidates. You know, I'm you're Tom Tancredo. I'm a uh, fucking Mitt Romney. Uh, uh, Jason is uh, uh, who's one of the guys? Bennett. John McCain. Bennett. Michael whatever. Bennett. We're, we're all these guys, right? And we're all in there. And Trump's in there, and uh, he is just fucking punching the lights out of anybody that gets in his way. He is standing in this bar punching the fucking shit out of everybody. And like the Democrats philosophy is, well, if he let him punch as many people as he can, and maybe he'll be too tired by the time he gets to me. And then I will have won the fight. <laughs> I mean, no, no, they're literally walking around the room with their back to him. And it's like, hey, we want to take over. Are you with us if we're willing to try to take over? That's what they're doing. They're walking to everybody. They're saying, hey, hey, we hate the, we hate what this guy's been doing. We want to challenge him. But are you with us if we try to take over? And then it's like, you're not convincing. You're not leading anybody. You're losers. Yeah. You're going to walk up there and get fucking stomped. Every they're, time. they're repeating it. I mean, there's nothing about this that has – I'm so checked out of it. There's nothing that has any sort of hope in my mind. It's just incredible that they do it over and over again. And there's just this like small group of us that can kind of look at it and put it together and then feel completely alienated by the rest of the world. That People falls, think we're fucking idiots, yeah, dude. Yeah, because they fall into like these weird narratives. Like – just whatever someone tells them what happened in the election, you know? They keep telling us that we're immature. That not me and Brett particularly, but the people that are like, okay, if if you're going to compete against this guy in an election, we're going to have an election and somebody's going to compete against him. 
then somebody like, okay. So if Cory Booker was standing on a debate stage with Donald Trump and he said, you're a physically weak specimen, it would be bad for the elderly out of shape man. If I punched you, if he said that to him on the stage in front of everybody, People Woo! would vote for Cory Booker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yes. instead, he says it in a little newspaper article and then also kind of apologizes yeah. for saying, oh, my testosterone so, gets out of hand I, sometimes. I'm sorry. Testosterone. That's what he said. He's at a garden party <laughs> drinking an apple teeny. He's like, I'm getting too revved up on my cheesemo right now. <laughs> <laughs> my tea like, has you can gotten- be tough like someone has to be like raw like tough dude i mean anybody can be tough though anybody i'm not no. talking it doesn't have to be a man i dude. didn't say that i'm talking no, to cory booker yeah to cory booker at the time like, yeah. you have to just step up like rashida talib i love the the I love the twenty dollars an hour. That's fucking brave. That's exactly what we were doing, you know. Yeah, like, or I'm like, right in line with that. Not Omar, when, yeah, when she, they were following her around. She's getting death threats all over the fucking country. People are making shit up about her now and lying and all this shit about her. And then the fucking news will just come to her and be like, "I think Donald Trump is racist and a fascist, and yeah. we got to get rid of him because he's a threat to the world." Yeah, and, you know? and, I, and I'm not convinced that like they're the solution to all the problems. But they're at least being they're at least saying the things that I've thought. You know, they're at least talking out loud in a way that makes sense. Forcefully. Force. Yeah. They're not doing And they're being straight to the point. And they're not, you know, the Democrats have an attitude of losing. That's what they like to do the most. Yeah. And they're not doing the I always laugh about this. I remember hearing about the pointing. Do you do you remember ah, God damn there's a documentary? The war, it might have been the war room. It's, this is like an old presidential election documentary where they talked about giving speeches. And like they were like, people do not want you like pointing at them and shit and gesturing, ah, you, you know, yeah, yeah. with their hand while you're up there speaking. So that's why politicians start doing this thumb gimmick where they would like kind of halfway put the thumb up and they would talk and they would yeah. like give you this sort of measured answer. Oh, Bill Clinton had that. Yeah, the Bill Clinton thing. But other people do it too. I see everybody like doing serving it. Serving us some ice cream. A yeah. little bit of dishy dishy ice cream. <laughs> I'm going to dish you out some <laughs> politics, my good friend. Some mint chocolate chip politics, <laughs> sir. Um, would you like some milk toast reforms? Um, yeah. But But like that... I want pointing now, dude. I pointing? want somebody to fucking just go up there and like I think say who they're talking look, about. This is say, gonna, like I'm actually talking about yeah, this person because people worry. I think what happens is this is a theory, and I have heard people say this that guys don't go crazy up there anymore because they don't want to look like Hitler. Because like that was the whole famous what? thing about Hitler when he would give his speeches, he would just go up there and fucking oh, go ape shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now people are like, "Well, I don't want to like ringing go ape shit up there." I think I do want somebody to fucking do that, man, because like it's gonna take high energy and it's gonna take somebody that just says what it means. I would, I would fucking tomorrow if I got to pick the fucking Democratic nominee. I would pick one of those four women, like a Eon Omar or Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I would just pick one of them. I think yeah. they could fucking win, and I would so much rather have them running the country than almost 
anybody else that's involved in in this stuff. Obviously, yeah. I don't want anybody running the country, and I hate the country. Yeah. But I'm saying that, like, if I had to pick, they're the ones that I look at that I'm like, they can fucking beat him. Yeah, they know. They can beat him. Yeah, they want to tear down American values, and I love that. <laughs> well, let's not be. We thought another guy wanted to do that, too, and then he came in and didn't tear down American values. But Obama, that's why oh, we sure. voted for him, didn't sure. we? All right, one more story here to uh, get our blood pumping before we go. We and we, you know, we gotta do a. We can do like a half hour before. Uh, y- you know, you want to do an extra little half hour. You want to do a little extra time before you go on a trip, right? Do you? I don't think you should. Okay. You know, I'm feeling good now. What's your I'm, philosophy? I'm moving again, and uh, I got two more stories. You, we can survive two stories, right? Sure. One, one bad, one good. How do you like that? We're going to do one sad, one happy, and then we're going to go home, and then we're going to go to Washington, D.C. Yes. Pennsylvania School District turns down local businessman's offer to pay off student lunch debts. Oh, no. This is a thing that we had talked about. We've we've kind of been keeping track of the the lunch debt thing because it pisses us off, obviously. Stupid. Um, A Pennsylvania school district that recently came under fire after threatening parents that their kids could be recommended to be put in foster care if they didn't pay off their school lunch debts has turned down an offer from a local businessman to clear the debts. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports. That's stupid. Because they don't care about it's not the money it isn't you know it's control it is it is not the money it's judge it's placing judgment on somebody's life putting pressure some sort of weird protestant fucking pressure on them so that they'll change their their ill ways of not having enough money yeah according to the local paper the wyoming valley west school board rejected an offer from todd carmichael the ceo of la Columbia Coffee. Ooh, they got that Roasters headquartered in, you know those things? Uh, I don't know. They're like a little nitro. They're good. Um, really? I will say that. Yeah, they're good. And Philadelphia to pay off over $22,000 is all we're worrying about, dude. Yeah, not a lot. That's a car. All of us together, it's not a lot. I mean, you know? people, I mean, yeah. Kids are getting cards for, you know, their 16th birthday that costs that much for like I mean, someone that owns a company. When we're sitting here as a group of people, a community, $22,000 yeah. shouldn't be something we throw, should be worrying about. We yeah. shouldn't be sitting around worrying about $22,000. Sure. 11, I mean, yeah, there's 11,000 of us that could throw 20 bucks down. And an op-ed Carmichael wrote that that was published in the Wilkes-Barre Citizen's Voice on Tuesday. The businessman said that he had worked with his team to reach out to the school district to let them know we were eager to donate the full amount outstanding, reported as $22,467. On Monday, we talked to school board president Joseph Mazur to determine the best way to transfer the funds in order to wipe the slate clean and restore dignity to the 1,000 families who received these threatening letters, he continued. Shockingly, Mr. Mazur turned us down. I can't explain or justify his actions let me be clear we offered over twenty two thousand dollars with no strings attached and he said no what yeah that's awful and uh take the money and run yeah and and uh the the op-ed comes days after a copy of a letter that the school district recently sent home to parents surfaced in which parents were warned that their children could be recommended to foster care if they did not pay off your student lunch debts, your child has been sent to school every day without money and without a breakfast and or lunch. The letter states the letter from July 9th states, this is a failure. 
failure to provide your child with proper nutrition and you can be sent to dependency court for neglecting your child's right to food. Oh my God. If you are taken to dependency court, the result may be your child being removed from your home and placed in foster care. The letter continues, please remit payment as soon as possible to avoid being reported to the proper authorities. Oh God. That was the letter letter that they sent out. Um, uh, a Senator talked about it. Uh, the, the school board hasn't, Re- responded to requests for comments or anything like that. Uh, uh, I'm just, I don't like not letting this guy pay. Th- like, this is the kind of thing that instills a hopelessness in me. Yeah. Is that me and you were also in that same boat where, like, if, 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 if my daughter, if, if something like that happened in my daughter's school district and they needed a bunch of money, we would raise money for that in a second, you know? And like, uh, 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 you can't even pay them. You can't do it. No, even the people that want to do like, something. Uh, we you were know? just trying to prove a point. We we can get we're kind of cool on the twenty two thousand. We just wanted to prove a point. Yeah, and threatening we're to trying to whip people into shape. Yeah, that is exactly it though. It because they were trying to take their children away yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. I mean, that's like really they bad. were sending a thing in there to say we're going to take you to court and they might take your children and put your children in foster care. And as a parent. Of a with a kid in elementary, so my my daughter's in high school now. Um, I, I and I, I Brett is probably like a way better person to answer this, or or maybe didn't have the same neuroses as me. But like for the first four or five years, six years of your kids, I mean, for the early part, you are afraid that they're going to find some reason to take your kid away. Oh, that I am. I, mean, I thought like, you were I, talking about school. Yeah, they, she doesn't pay anything for her lunch, but uh, no. But I'm. I was always afraid that they were going to find a reason to take Gwen away. Well, there was a time during pre-K where um, we didn't think it mattered how we didn't think attendance mattered. So we were going on vacations. We went to ACL. We went and did all these other things. Pre-K, she went to a lot of it, but she also missed you know a lot of it too. And we got a letter in the mail that was like. Your child has broken the attendance policy of Columbus Public Schools, and you're going to have to get a meeting with, like, uh, a social worker. Like, if this continues and all this stuff. So, like, I go in there completely fucking spooked. And they're like, oh, you got that? You got a letter for that? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, that, no, no, that doesn't apply to pre-K. You're fine. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. But still, like, the thought of it was it was you know fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I that mean, is you know, strange. It was just uh, I just you know at that moment I realized that somebody could come like digging around in my house and you know what would they have to say about my life if they I did that? that you know? that was that and that was sort they could of the come way up I like too. the stories the people that are the judges and the juries on this come up with the worst stories in the world you know like they would consider me a drug trafficker or some shit yeah. I always did. Well, yeah, they, there is a story the, to be written in every home that has a kid. There is a story of neglect to be written. There is a, there's all kinds of different stories that can be written about somebody's kid to take them away when these people come in and look in the house. And, and, and like, uh, I was, always, I was also very worried about it. It's just weed, even yeah. just weed, you know, yeah, that's one for me for scared sure. Scared me. I was just, oh, I hope they don't. You know, think I'm a a drug uh, addict. My kid doesn't take say, it. you know, my dad smokes all day at the house, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah, S- yeah. Smokes a lamp. 
Yeah, smokes. Yeah, smokes. here's the last one, Brad. I just thought it was funny. Jackson, Tennessee. The wife of newly elected mayor, ja- newly elected Jackson Mayor Scott Conger, has been cited on a shoplifting charge from Ooh, Walmart. Ooh, I North like Jackson. that. He's a thrill seeker. Poor fucking guy, man. Ooh, I mean, just, I hate mayors. Fuck them anyway. But it is funny to think I, I just got elected, and now <laughs> what are you fucking like, doing? Getting chances? arrested. Like, you're just like, I can slip whatever I want into my pocket. Oh, no. What do you Brett, get busted with? Do you, do you have you a do? picture? Do you have your picture up? Can you see yeah, I can the see NDI? Yeah. Let me show you a picture of his wife. Uh, Jessica Nikki Conger, 30. She's was, a doll baby. <laughs> was, well, she also <laughs> looks like a shoplifter. Does I'm she? Sorry. She gives me vibes, man. I, I mean, just, she looks like she's covering something up. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Nikki Conger, 30, was cited. Anyone that goes by Nikki. Yeah. Jason will tell you that. <laughs> You know, there was there was a friend of ours. So when I was younger, there was this girl I dated for like five years, and she had a best friend named Nicole. And Nicole disappeared for a while, and then she came around. She was hanging around again, and then she would invite us to these things, and she was hanging out with people, and she went by Nikki when she was there, and she was doing like hardcore drugs, and oh it was like God. a way different person. Nicole, <laughs> Nicole, was, we was- knew Nicole from high school, but Nikki like was a different animal 100 <laughs> conger was it oh this is so sad because i didn't even know this was illegal really conger was in the self-checkout area just before 3 p.m when she is accused of failing to ring up 28 items totaling 84 Damn, no <laughs> nope you can put raspberries in your jacket pocket that's all you get you're not gonna take that much are you kidding me i mean if you get away with i mean my like, italian meats I mean, but but there's okay. So there's a person that is looking at an RF gun, True. and it says this. This says reg, you know, self checkout one has a total of twelve ninety eight. They put twenty eight fucking <laughs> items into the cart, and they're like, huh? Are all of those fifty fucking cents? Like you're not allowed. You can't. You would get fired and sent to jail yes. for being in on it. Like you would be called a co-conspirator in that fucking thing. You know, you, you could I, not get away with that much blatant fucking. I do facts. agree that like you need to be respectful to the person that's working. Yeah, there. they have to have plausible deniability. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have to say like, oh, I didn't see the PS4. There was fourteen items in their cart, but they rang up thirteen. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. You got it. It was under the dog food. 28 items is hard to miss. If you're going to steal, and this is just my opinion, if you're going to steal in the self-checkout line, only steal the most expensive few things you're buying and pay for the cheap shit. That's what I do. I buy Italian meats because Italian meats are great. They're so expensive. Like eighteen ninety nine a pound. Those fucking gabagool. A good gabagool is gonna run you like eighteen bucks a pound. And I went in there yesterday and I bought some. And I I I uh, also bought some gummy bears that were one dollar. And I took the gummy bears and I put the 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 capicole right on top of those gummy bears. Scanned the gummy bears and then threw it in there because there's no way I'm paying seven dollars for yeah. a quarter pound of meat. Yeah. But I need that goddamn, I need those Italian meats. So, like, I'm a big, big, like, I steal Italian meats all the uh, Italian meats and avocados is just 
See, but this all is, day and all night. But these I, people are just so fucking rotten to the core because you give them an inch and they take a goddamn <laughs> mile. Motherfuckers, they get voted into governorship or whatever the fucking thing they're doing, and they just walk to the goddamn grocery store and fill a whole cart full and feel like they're gonna walk out. Oh no, the mayor actually posted a statement on his Facebook after she got caught. They were detained for hours. My daughter was not allowed to use the restroom and had an accident. Okay. She was hungry because it was lunchtime and was not allowed to eat. My three-year-old was a prisoner of Walmart. She was stealing. She stole eighty-four dollars and said, yes. "It's just a genius I like move." I, I, when you bring it, nobody else but her. Only yeah. her. I want to see her go through this. Bringing a three-year-old with you to steal is—I mean, foolproof. No, it's a good cover. Generally, pool, yeah. foolproof. I did I that. Mean, if I, you can have a stroller that you can stuff shit into. <laughs> It does help. I always have a kid with, I mean, my daughter actually was watching me steal yesterday and she's like, dad, I see your technique while we were doing it. And she then like fucking what happened was like, I stole like four or five things. Right. I, and, and this goddamn fucking uh, cash register light up above, it said, please wait for cashier assistance. This light above is flashing and on my screen, it starts flashing 38 items. Uh. This is the number, 38 items. And I was just standing there. I didn't get too nervous because I was like, there's no way this motherfucker is going to count how many. I yeah. Like when it gets up there into like the, the 38 30, yeah. frame, he isn't going to count them. But my daughter thought I looked scared. But I was like, no, nah, they don't fucking care, dude. It's about respect. Maybe it's RFID. Yeah. And, but it's about respect for the person who's running the registers. Yeah. I have respect for the person who's running the self-checkout lane. And I would never steal 28 items Thanks. while I'm waiting in line because he that person has to bust me at that point. Like I have to get in trouble. Yeah. If I'm stealing that much stuff. It's too obvious. Yeah. And and, and yeah, and you're someone's going to find out about someone's going to ask. I mean, unless you're buying a thousand items, well, and also, <laughs> and, and, maybe 28 is okay. And you can't, you also, this is the point also where you can't be one, like as an employee, you can't be 100% certain that security isn't going to catch this because if security catches it and you don't, you have to answer for it, answer for it right? Yeah if, yeah. if somebody else sees it and you don't, you have to answer for it, you know? Yeah. If it's, if it's a couple things, you can say like. Oh, I whiffed oh, that shit, one. Yeah. Oh shit! I fuck. I ah, I thought it scanned. I thought I heard it because that's always my my brain. I like practice this. Like sometimes I'll look in a mirror. Like when Brad Pitt has to get ready to do method his, acting. Yeah, when Brad Pitt has to get ready to play like whatever his character. A lot of times I'll I'll be like Brad Pitt and I'll I'll just be kind of standing there and be like, uh, oh, I thought I heard that. I actually uh, I actually thought I heard that beep when I ran it. You. You know, you like you shave your you shave your face, towel <laughs> off, and then you're like, you're like, oh my god, it's been the worst day. I am like so frazzled right now. I didn't realize that was on the bottom of the cart. My kid has been driving me nuts. Ugh. Okay, sorry. I have the money. I'll totally pay for it. Let's not get the cops. Involved. That is that's another move. For me, it's always like I always feel like. Like the, the 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 ignorant dad. Yeah, it works. That, like they my still think move, you're Jim Belushi. My yeah, my move is always just like kind of nice, but like I would never but be stupid. Yeah, you have nice to be Homer Simpson. Yeah, Homer Simpson. Yes, because that's what I do. I'll be like, 
Oh, I didn't pay for that. It's one oh, of the ni- shit. One of I the can- nice things about white privilege right now is that white guys are treated like as like the worst, and you're just like, yeah, I'm the worst right now. <laughs> I didn't even realize I couldn't do that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize I couldn't accidentally walk out with all this. Yeah, you know? and they're like, oh god damn it, get back in there. Yeah. White you guys, better, I you better think white you, guys get arrested for stealing unless you're like broke. I haven't seen one. Like only poor white guys yeah. get busted you have some for bad tattoos. Or like law like uh the, the stringy hair, like yeah. the, you know, Lonnie's. Lonnie's get busted for shoplifting. Have some folk. But like on. anybody who is like anybody who dresses I mean, most white guys can't get busted. If you're a white hard. straight presenting male, I never see I never seen a guy that looks like me getting busted for shoplifting. Never, not one time ever in my life. I just don't even think they consider it shoplifting if I do. No, they don't. They're like, yeah. he has a pretty good reason. Yeah. Guy, a guy like that, pillar of society. He's really the foundation of all of this. So he has a good reason. I've, I've told the fucking story about fucking walking into Whole Foods. And fucking grabbing a pizza. I ordered a pizza. I was like, hey, give me one of your shitty fucking garbage pizzas with pepperoni on it. The guy fucking hands it to me and I just walk out the door. Yeah. I walked right out. I didn't even go to the cash register. I just walked right out with it. Didn't fucking pay for it at all. And then the other time, I fucking almost, a cop was on his way to respond to a robbery and I was getting high and listening to music really loud while I was driving. I almost fucking wrecked into this cop. Okay. But I swerved. There was like sirens going off and okay. you turned the corner, right? Yeah. We're at a four-way stop and the light turns green, right? And I'm sitting in a turn lane and I have the action Bronson. I was listening to action Bronson very loud and I was smoking weed and uh, I go, I, I, I'm like, what the fuck? Why isn't anybody moving? The light's great. I'm yelling. I'm furious about nobody moving. And I was like, well, if you're not going to fucking do it, I'm going to do it. And I go to do the turn and coming up the wrong side of the street is the fucking police with their lights on flashing and, and blaring and they're going, they're crossing the intersection. I fucking see it. And I'm like really close to hitting it head on. I fucking turn and I slam on for some reason. I couldn't take my foot off the gas. It was this really weird thing where like, if I had just turned and pulled into the parking yeah, lot, you could have just stopped. Whole you could have thing just would have been over. Slow down. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do. It's like, slow down, stop. But I, but I think I was just the so much adrenaline that I kept my foot on the gas and I fucking totaled my car by running it into a sign for a United Dairy Farm. Cops were coming at you and you like swerved, right? I, yeah, I just swerved because they were coming the wrong side of the road. Fucking no trouble at all not only did i get in no didn't get a ticket at all the cop that i almost head-on hit that was responding to a fucking robbery came back and apologized for me for what happened and they paid to get my car towed for me with like customer service so i just like am in this mode now in my life where i'm like people that look like me never get in trouble <laughs> yeah. it just is like not a thing well, there's a lot of time when, like we go to all these festivals all summer long like security people will like make eye contact with me and give me a nod 
And yes! I, I feel like I could walk up and just be like, I think we've got a situation going on over here. I'd like to see some resources moved in this direction. I feel like I could just go command like any security situation at a festival for real. Right. Well, that's what makes me fucking crazy when people say there's no such thing as white privilege. Because I'm even sitting right now. I'm sitting at this table thinking about how I'm paying nine hundred dollars to go see fucking Austin city limits when in all reality I could fucking walk up and just say hey I gotta go in there and grab something real quick and just walk <laughs> in and they would let me do it I know they would I fucking know it take me somewhere and let me try it <laughs> such a good idea I hey know. uh hey I'm not gonna bullshit you here I have to get inside uh for a reason that doesn't matter to you and they're like Oh, okay. Sure. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Take me anywhere. I'll try it. I'll fucking put on, I'll put on the right clothes and I'm willing to fucking bet I can get into anything. Any fucking thing. <laughs> that's what it's fucking It's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm with you. But I, I don't want to go to jail or anything and I don't sure. like do a, I'm not a risky guy. It just, it, it feels like. I am that somebody in here said I'm invincible is the halfway point of every serial killer narrative. White dudes are fucking serial killers. Like that's why. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you think can go that there. you can just do it. You think that you can do fucking anything. They never suspect you. They yeah. think you're the, the police fucking think that I am on their team. Yeah, yeah. They think you want to. <laughs> Yeah, they, they think you're going to work with them. We're like, you're a detective. Yeah. Like, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he can tell us what happened. Yeah. We don't have to do much work. He's just going to tell us. And one, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Two, I'm an anarchist. I do an anarchist podcast where I sit and fucking scream about the police. And the police are like, this guy right here, man, I got to tell you something. He's, well, I he's mean, a really good one. And he, uh, that's a Jeffrey you know, Dahmer. Like, Jeffrey Dahmer, they caught his ass and he talked his way out of it. You know? <laughs> Repeat that forever. Yeah, somebody access of Jeffrey entropy. Jeffrey Dahmer to Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah, access of entropy in the chat said, if you're holding a clipboard, nobody will stop you. Yeah. And uh, that's what we should do. That is it. That's yeah. it right there. I'll Lanyard. fucking buy, uh, get me a fucking clipboard with some papers on it and let, I'll get in a vest. Give me a yellow vest. I will fucking get into any event. We're going to do this this summer. Okay. Actually, conventions summer. are next year. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah, next year is where we got to get Conventions into. are hard because- Summer's already over. Yeah. But, but, I, I mean, there are festivals and shit like here. that. Yeah. But there are like festivals and shit like There's still places for us to try this. Sure. Maybe at ACL, I'll try to get in without using my <laughs> pass. Okay. We'll try that. We'll All see. right. Well, that's the show. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Or this. in two weeks. Yeah, you thanks got a Q&A next fight. week. Yeah, we're doing the live shows this week. Sunday- Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, next week, we're going to be in D.C., Chapel Hill, Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Nashville. You can find tickets to all the shows at store.streetfightradio.com. Uh, the Nashville tickets are not available or are not available on our website. You have to go to like you have to go to either streetfightradio.com or go to the Facebook event to click around. It takes a little extra effort and we don't have a discount option available. If you need that, reach out to us, streetfightradio at gmail.com. We appreciate everybody that continues to uh, support what we do. If you want to continue 
supporting us as we spread this mess across the U.S., head over to Patreon.com. It's a monthly donation that you make to, uh, to make sure that uh, we can keep doing what we do. Uh, we offer zines. We offer bonus audio. We have bonus video. Brian's going to be doing a bonus shock jock special edition coming up in October. So get on that $5. There's so much. It's like, there might not be something tomorrow, but there is like two dozen zines and like 60 fucking bonus shows. Get on that $5 level. And there's always going to be some fucking weird high concept thing from me. That's my guarantee. Once the Jocktober thing is over, I have an idea for the next thing and the thing after that. So there will, I'm I'm doing more weird audio. And if you want to be a part of that journey, I mean, I have an idea for a relationship advice show. And uh, also, I plan to hopefully, now this is in the beginning stages because I can't figure out, do a podcast about uh, uh, Kid Rock called American Podcasts. Okay. (laughs) So, there's all kinds of things happening out there. Head over to StreetFireRadio.com. If you want to talk to me, you can email me, Brett, at StreetFireRadio.com. You can find Brian. He's on Twitter, at MurderBrian. You can find us on Instagram at Street Fight WCRS. I do Instagram live stories. I do uh, the the live feeds, whatever they're fucking called, live streams. Do those as well. Uh, I and I, hope. That- I want to say at the beginning of the show is pretty heavy. I don't want people to feel bad for me or anything. I like I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just no, before we end, that was all performance. It wasn't that a was performance, that was right. he was but playing the character of Murder Brian. <laughs> When he feels, you know, I'm 40, I'm 40 years old and I've had these feelings all my life. So it's no different. And I'm going to be, I don't want people to, well, I mean, it's like I said last week, like concerning, I guess it's a balance. I mean, it's better to just spill the beans. Me and my wife, like through nine years or whatever, our relationship, it was like at the beginning I would be mad at her and I would hold it in for nine months. And then I would tell her, and then it would be okay. And then she would be mad at me, and she would hold it for nine months, and then it would be okay. Then it was seven months. Now it's like the window is getting closer and closer and closer. When I just tell the people that I like and that I care about like what's going on with me, once I get it off my chest, once, other, once it becomes out loud, it's like, all right, this kind of seems a little bullshitty and like, complaining <laughs> and whining yeah, and all this stuff. That's right. And I think I can move on. Yeah. You know, like I think once – when it lives inside of your head, it just is so toxic. It just gets too concentrated. It's not reality. It's all, you know, a lot of it is like, it's so distorted because you're doing the perspective of a perspective. You're saying this person is looking at me and thinking these things about me. Right. And Mm. this is so, this is like two lenses that have been, it's all been filtered through that make zero sense and are totally irrelevant and unreal. Yeah. You know, so you just have to like, you know, the thought, the thoughts aren't true just because you have them. They aren't true, but you just need to put that comma. You just have to say like, all right, I'm a piece of shit because I make all this money comma, but I'm going to try to do something to. I'm going to do something that makes me feel good. I'm yeah. going to do something to rectify. But you have the option to you you do always have the option to be differently. It's just that your body and mind will be kicking and screaming <laughs> yeah. every time you try to change it. And yeah. it's balance. You slip. You just fucking slip. You're never going to be always on. You're never going to be perfect, but you're going to slip sometimes and just be like fucking out of it. And you have to just say like throw your hands up and say I don't 
I, I I don't know what's fucking going on. I'm just out. It's just too much right now. Yeah, you know? I I wanted to. That's talk. why you need people yeah. around. I mean, that's why that's why that coach is right. You can't look at your phone oh, Jesus, too much. Him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Street Fight. The Luddites were right. We'll see you uh, later. Peace. Yeah.